you have your Bible, just grab them quickly. We're gonna be in Matthew chapter 26. Yeah, Matthew 26. That's the first book of the New Testament, the first gospel. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 26. And we're gonna be in verse 40 and 41, two verses. It's gonna chart our course for the day. Are you guys ready for a word this morning? Are you ready yet? I believe I have one. I believe I have one. And this is, this is what it says. And he came to the disciples, the he being Jesus. And Jesus came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? You couldn't stay awake with me and keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying. Come on, tell your neighbor, keep watching and praying. Keep watching and praying. If you don't got a neighbor, just say it out loud. Keep watching and praying. Before COVID, everybody had a neighbor. But anyway, keep going. Keep watching and praying. God's bringing us through it. Amen. He's bringing us through it. We're going to be better on the other side of it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep watching and praying that you may not fall into temptation the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak father we thank you for your word i pray right now lord that i would decrease and your spirit would increase in this place so that it be your word that goes forth this morning let me articulate it the way you have put it in my heart to articulate i pray and i pray every heart here and every heart watching online god would would be softened by your spirit this morning. Remove hearts of stone, and I pray for a heart of flesh to be put in the place of it. For every one of us, I pray your word would conform us into your image and into your likeness, Jesus, I pray. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Before you're seated, tell three people, keep watching and praying. Tell them, say, keep watching and praying. Keep watching and praying. Well, good morning, CWC. How y'all doing today? Come on, if you're good, just shout, I'm good for me. It gets me in the right frame of mind. Amen. Amen. I'm great. It's good to be here. It's good to be in the house of God with the people of God, having the presence of God surrounding us and, and holding us, encouraging us and strengthening us. Amen. How many know we need the strength of the Lord today, probably more than ever before? Amen. Or maybe it's just more evident uh, right now, but man, it's, it's good to, to be with you guys. So look, man, over the past couple weeks, right, we've, we've been talking about intercession, right? The miracle of intercession. Talking about intercessory prayer and, and how important it is for us and how how interceding means we're standing in the gap right we're standing in the gap so so when we're interceding for our husbands for our wives uh, for our children when we're interceding on behalf of our our community and our country man we're, we're standing in the gap for them that's what we're doing we're we're asking god to intervene on behalf of them 
right? We're asking God to protect them, for God to provide for them and, and calling down heaven to this earth. Amen. Amen. Praying God would intervene. And, and not to bring about our will, not to bring about our will, but to bring about his will. On heaven or in heaven as it is, or on earth, praise the Lord, as it is in heaven. Listen, I'm all excited up here. I'm trying to calm myself down. Man, the presence of God was, was so thick. I'm like, okay, Lord, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? I don't want to mess it up or miss something. So, No, but for his will to be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. That, that's one of the things that we're doing. We're asking heaven to invade earth when we're inter, interceding. But, but there's something else we're doing while we're interceding as well. And that is this. We're sending a clear message to that worthless devil. You can't have them. You can't have the people and the places that I love. You can't have them without a fight, without a fight with me. You have to go through me to get to them. It ain't happening on, on my watch. You're not going to catch me sleeping. You're going to catch me watching and praying. There's no way you're going to have your way with my people, not with my community, not with my country. It's just not happening can't have them. You can't have them. And man, we'll, we'll spend time calling down heaven in order to save them. Amen. 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 With this weapon of intercession, man, we, we've got to understand this church. We've got to understand there's so much power in prayer. There's so much power in it. And today, man, we're going to continue talking about it. We're going to continue talking about the power of prayer because, man, I just can't get away from it. Um, I've actually tried. I'm like, no, no, Lord, no, I want to go somewhere else. I had a plan and it, and it lined up really pretty. It was salvation, intercession and sanctification. It even, it even rhymed like it was right in my, and the Lord's like, no, no, no. I don't want you to go anywhere. I, I want you to, to stay right here because I wonder this man, I wonder, do we really get it? Do we really get it? Because if we actually understood it, we understood the power of prayer, I think, I think we would do it a whole lot more than what we're doing it. Right. I really believe that. A whole lot more. But I think we, we lack that. You know something? I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. So, so most believers, most believers, a lot of, let me just say a lot. I'm not going to say most. That's a lot. But let's say a lot instead of most. <clears throat> A lot of believers find themselves listening to them out there tell them how to live in here. They're listening to other believers telling them how to live a better life. Right? Telling them, listening to them tell, tell them how to live a better life. Listening to them tell them how to fix their marriages. Listening to them tell them how to, how to fix their, their finances. And that's madness. That is madness. We're searching podcasts and self-help books and all these other things from worldly influencers when we should be praying. Listen, if you want to live a better life, a more joyful life, a happier life, one, listen to your wife, men. But, but, <laughs> I knew I could get some cheering going. <clears throat> man, if you want to live a better life, man, Pray pray. I promise you. See, see the, the apostle Paul makes it clear in Philippians 4, 4, 6. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Shout everything. Everything. 
everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. You want to live a better life? Pray. Pray. If your marriage is struggling, if our marriages are struggling, listen to me. Now, I don't have an exact verse where the Bible says, thou shalt pray for your, right? Like, no, no, no. Pray for your wife or your, or your husband. But I do have a couple, couple scriptures to, to tell you in just, just a moment. But let me give you a couple statistics. Just a couple. One, one, the divorce rate in the church, in the church is over 60%. The divorce rate in the church is just as high as the divorce rate in the world. Why? Because we're listening to them out there tell us how to live and how to fix our marriages in here. And so they look identical. They look the exact same. It's, it's madness. It's madness. But, but I, have a, I have another stat for you. Couples that pray together, marriages that pray together and for each other, less than 1% end in divorce. Less than 1%, guys. The proof's in the pudding, that old cliche, right? Couples that pray together, stay together. Listen, things are cliches because typically it's true, right? Like, they might be stupid, but this one's good. <laughs> Couples that pray together, stay together. If our marriages are struggling, pray. Pray, be because where two or three are gathered, he's in the midst. Jesus says this, he says, if, if any of you on the earth, if two of you on the earth agree about anything, my Father in heaven will give it to you. So if you come together agreeing, man, our marriage is gonna be fruitful. And the men say, multiply, amen. <laughs> amen, well, some of you will catch it later, but I was thinking about just brushing past it, so I don't, but. <clears throat> Listen, man, if our finances are a mess, we pray. We pray, because the Bible is clear, he will provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory, not according to your degrees and, and all those different things. No, no, according to his riches and glory, not the degrees are bad, they're great. But man, we pray when our finances are a mess. I promise you this, prayer is the answer for every life issue. Yes. It's the answer, but yet, but yet we, don't, we don't utilize it. We don't utilize it. We would rather walk through life and try to do it on our own on our own strengths, on our own abilities, on our own talents. This is what we, we try to do. But, but I'm telling you, man, I'm believing that the church of, of Jesus Christ is, is going to step into realizing the power in prayer. I, I believe that and I'm praying hard. And not just, not just a moment of prayer or we're gonna go into a season of prayer. No, 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 a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle. See, 1 Thessalonians chapter five is clear. This is what it says. Starting in verse 16, rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Yeah. Never stop praying. That's a lifestyle of, of praying. N never, never stop. You guys, you, you know what I'm really grateful for? Super grateful for Bluetooth. And I'm I, in my car. And now I know you're wondering, like, what does Bluetooth have to do with praying? I'll tell you. I'm so grateful for it because when people used to drive by me, Right, they would look at me like I was crazy. I'm telling you, kids would be in the back seat. Mom, dad, mom, dad, look at this guy. He's talking to himself. Like, what's wrong with him, mom? But now they think I'm just talking on the phone because <laughs> of Bluetooth, man. Like I can, I can talk to Jesus out loud like, like he's right there in the car because he is, amen. With no fear of anybody looking at me crazy and getting weird eyes because they just think I'm talking when I'm actually praying. 
Church, man, if, if we could grasp the power of prayer, man, I think we would strive to live a life of prayer. One with absolutely, without ceasing, never, never stopping, always praying because we'd always be rejoicing in our salvation, rejoicing because our names are written in heaven. And so we would live a life of, of praying. Matthew chapter 21, Jesus tells us this. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Because if his house is called a house of prayer, then this house will be a house of miracles. I promise you that. If it's called a house of prayer and it's known for prayer, it'll be known for miracles. But you know what we see nowadays a lot in, in the church is the church is known for a bunch of different things. Called a bunch of different names, right? Some not so good, but others, others good. It's called a soup kitchen. It's a humanitarian organization. It's a social club. It's filled with all kinds of good programs, and that's great. That's, it's amazing. Those aren't bad things. We'll, we'll do those things. But that's not the church's identity. So that tells me when people out there are calling this in here, all those other things, we've lost our identity. People run to the church for programs. Well, I'm going to go there because they got a great, great kids program and they got da-da-da-da, all these other, and they got great worship and they got da-da-da-da. They got great programs. We're going to go there. Instead of people running to the church because they have powerful prayer. This place should be called a house of prayer. And I am believing God is calling us back to our original identity so that people start recognizing it and calling it. That's a house of prayer. I got this going on in my life. I'm going there to get prayed for. It's a house of prayer. I'm going there. I don't feel good. I'm going there to get prayed for. You know, I got all these things happening, these internal struggles within me. I'm going there for prayer because that's a house of prayer and it's powerful prayer. Then we'll see this place be a house of miracles when we we pray. You you know, the Lord showed me something in in the scriptures this week that, that literally blew my mind. It blew my entire mind, shifted my whole paradigm on prayer. And I was so grateful for for it. But it had to do with the the disciples, right? We have these 12 men who walk with Jesus for three years. 12 men. They lived with him. They ate with him. They did absolutely everything with him for three years. Now, I want you to think about it, right? These were were 12 men who were unlearned. That's what the scripture says. In other words, very unimpressive, (laughs) This is what they were. And God chose them to learn from him. And they learned so many different things in those three years, man. They learned how to heal the sick. They learned how to cast out demons. They, they, they learned how to, how to raise the dead. They, they, they learned how to open blind eyes and make the lame walk. They, they learned how to teach the word of God from the word of God himself. It's amazing. They learned so many things but but what blew my mind was was this in the three years of being with Jesus every single day every single night everywhere seeing all these things that they did that he did they only asked him to teach them one thing they only asked him to teach them one thing that one thing is found in Luke chapter 11 When they say this to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, now, now think about that. 
for a moment. And listen, it's, it's not as though I've never read it before or even taught on it. I've taught on it, but I've just never seen it this, this way. Never looked at it this way. They could have asked the creator of everything. He, he created the entire universe. John chapter one, verse one says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through him. Apart from him, nothing, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. Colossians 1.16 says it this way, all things, say all. All, all things have been created through him, by him, and for him. He is before all, say all. All things. And in him, all. Go ahead and do it. All. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> all things hold together. All things hold together. He created everything. These 12 men are walking with God himself. Seeing him do all these amazing things, knowing that everything was created by him. But they only ask him one thing. Lord, Lord, teach us. Teach us this one thing. Teach us how to, how to pray. Now, look, I've got to be honest. If I was one of the 12 disciples, I would ask a whole lot more than that. I promise you, I'd have been writing notes down, like laying in the bed, and I'd think of something like, oh, yeah, Jesus, I need you to teach me how to. And I'd be, I'd be writing it down. At the top of my list would be that multiplication trick. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, for real. I'd have went to Jesus, like, hey, Jesus, you remember? You remember that time when you went a little long when you was preaching, you got long-winded, and then you didn't want to send nobody home, right? Like, that's why I get long-winded. I'm being like Jesus, but... <laughs> and you didn't want to send them home hungry, and so you told us to, to feed them, and we could only find two small fish and five loaves of bread, and there was 5,000 men that we know of. They all had wives and children. There's probably 12,000 people there, Jesus, and you took these two small fish and these five loaves, and you broke it, and you blessed it, and you multiplied it, and all of a sudden, everybody ate until they had their fill, and then we took up 12 baskets of leftovers. You remember that? Well, yeah. I want to learn that. Teach me how to do that. I promise you, if you teach me how to do that, my Jordan collection would be legit. I would multiply the... I'm obviously being silly, but... But this is what I'd be... I'm like, Jesus, that's cool. Teach me how to multiply things. But they didn't. They, they didn't, man. They, they didn't say, teach us how to, to raise the dead. They didn't say, teach us how to heal the sick. They, they didn't say teach us how to cast out demons and how to make the lame walk and teach us how to, to preach the word of God. They didn't ask that. They didn't ask him to teach them how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like, like Jesus, teach us, teach us how to speak in tongues of angels with tongues of fire. Lord, teach us how to prophesy. Lord, teach us how you created everything by the splendor of your breath. They didn't ask that. Teach us how to pray. Telling us praying is one of the most important things we can be doing. One of the most effective things that we can do in this life for those around us and for the communities we are a part of, man, is be praying. Praying. Now look, I could think of a lot of things that I would deem more important than just praying. Just like all the things I probably just listed a moment ago. But man, he says, the disciples say, teach us how to pray. The disciples caught something that you and I have to catch. The importance of prayer. And what prayer can do if we do it the way God tells us to do it. Do you know there's a way to do it? 
there's a way to pray. And the word of God teaches us how to do that. And we're gonna look at Matthew chapter 26, right? We're gonna go back to our, our, our text here, what we read just a moment ago. <clears throat> 17 minutes and 36 seconds to be exact. Verse 40 and 41 is what we read, but we're gonna back up just a little bit in the text towards the, towards the middle of the, of the chapter because you gotta see the context of it to understand the gravity of the moment, what is actually taking place and, and what happens here because this whole portion that we're gonna go through here really teaches us how to pray the way Jesus prayed. See, see what, what's taking place here in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is about to go to the cross to die for the sins of the entire world. This is what he's about to do. He and his disciples go and have what we call the last supper. They're celebrating the Passover feast, right? This is what they're going to celebrate. And it's the fruition of the foreshadowing of the Passover feast because God introduced it thousands of years prior when they were, when they were held captive for 400 years in, in Egypt. And he said, hey, take a lamb, kill it, put a, the blood over top of the doorpost so that the angel of death, so that death, sin and death will pass over you. And now Jesus is bringing it about, bringing it about to fruition for everyone who calls upon his name, not just a certain people group, but everyone who gives their lives to him, that, the, that his blood would cover them and set them free from sin and death. And so this is what he's, he's bringing to pass. He also introduces communion to us, symbolically the eating of his flesh and the drinking of his blood, saying we, we believe and receive what you've done for us at the cross of Calvary. We believe it. We believe your body was broken, that by your stripes we are healed. We, we believe that your blood, we have the new covenant. The Bible says it's the better covenant found in your blood, Jesus, and we take it to symbolize we we trust it and we receive it. And then after the Last Supper, after they're done having that, they, they head to the Garden of Gethsemane <clears throat> is where they go. And Jesus wants to go there. It was like his prayer closet. That's where he'd like to retreat to, to go and pray. And, and, the, and then, so they, they head there. And, and so the night that Jesus is arrested and then killed, what does he do? He prays. He doesn't, say, he doesn't go and say goodbye to mama. He doesn't, doesn't do that. He doesn't go and see you know, what's happening down at the local place, right? He's not trying to check off a, 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 a thing off his bucket list before he, he goes and gets arrested and, and before he dies. No, instead he goes and prays. And, and he, takes, he takes Peter, James, and John with him to, to pray. And we're just gonna read that real quick. We're just gonna start right there. Matthew 26, verse 38. And this is what it says. Jesus talking to them. He says, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. If it's at all possible, let this cup pass. Pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11, right after the disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. Right after that, he gives them what we call the Lord's Prayer, right? And he says this, he says, when you pray, right? Not if you pray, but, but when you pray, this, this is how you pray. Pray this way, telling us that there's a certain way for us to pray. If we desire for our prayers to touch the heart of the Father, if we desire for our prayers to be powerful and effective, we gotta pray the way 
the Bible says to pray. And so he, he, he gives this, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth, right? Thy will be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. See, our prayers have to align with the Father's will. It has to align that way. Jesus understood this. This is how you pray. Even at the most difficult point in time in his life, he is about to die and he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to. He says it. Father, if it's, if it's possible. Matter of fact, in, in, in another gospel in Luke, not in Matthew's, but in Luke's account, he actually says, I know that you are the God of the impossible and you can do anything you want, Father. And so, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way that the sins of the world can be forgiven, if there's any other way that you can reconcile humanity back to yourself, Father, man, do it that way. Do it that way. If it's, if it's possible, I don't want to die the most horrific death ever. But not my will, but your will. Your will. If it's your will, you do it, Father. And this is so important for us to get if we want to pray the correct way. See, way too often we treat God like a personal genie, like, like, like God is our all-knowing, all-powerful Santa Claus, right? And we spend our time with him calling it praying, but we're, we're just asking for our desires, constantly. God, I desire to be married. God, I desire to be wealthy. God, I desire to be known by people and to be successful. I desire those things without even considering his will for our lives. It's just the truth. We're not concerned with his will. We're concerned with our desires. And Christians are really, really slick, man. Like we know the Christianese. We, we, we know how to talk the lingo to make it sound really pretty. And so we'll even pray scripturally, right? We'll say, well, but God, you said in Psalms chapter 37 that you would give us the desires of our heart. Leaving out the first part, those that delight themselves in the Lord, he will give them the desires of their heart. Meaning those that love the ways of God. Those that take pleasure in fulfilling his will for their life over their own will. That, that's, that's what that text is saying. Those are the ones that the Lord will give the desires of their heart. He'll give it to them. Because their desires for their own life will align with God's desires for their life. Let me, let me explain it this way. So if you took a piece of paper and you begin to write down in a pencil, you begin to write down your desires, the desires of your heart, right? One through, I don't know, 76. You got a lot of desires. And so you begin to list them bad dudes out. But you don't put your name on it. You just leave it untitled, unlabeled. God writes out the same list, the desires on his heart for your life. He doesn't name it, doesn't claim it. And you set them down beside each other. The two would copy one another. They would be an exact mirror, a replica, if you will. They would be the exact same. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference from who wrote it because they both look the exact same. See, the apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't allow your desires to be conformed to the world's desires. The way you think and, and, and the way that, that you desire things, don't conform it to the world's, but, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove, you may prove what the will of God is. The perfect, 
and pleasing, acceptable will of the Father. See, if we want to have a a powerful and effective prayer life, our minds have to be renewed. And we have to stop thinking constantly the way the world thinks and wanting and desiring the way they want and desire and start thinking and wanting and desiring the way heaven wants and desires. We got to renew our minds in Christ so that we'll know the will of, of God so that we can prove it. There has to be a proof like God said it. He spoke it. I know it to be true. That which is pleasing and acceptable to him. This is how we pray. Jesus constantly and always prayed the will of the Father, even when it cost him the most, his very life. And then in verse 40 and 41, what we see there, and we're gonna read it again, and this is what it says. And when he, Jesus, came to the disciples and found them sleeping, he said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour, 41, Keep watching and praying. Tell your neighbor again, keep watching and praying. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. This, this exact verse has been, God had given it to me almost two years ago. He dropped it in my heart. We was on our way to New York City for the convocation in 2019. And on our way there, the Lord just dropped this in my heart. And I've been sifting through it for nearly two years now. God, unpack it for me. Reveal it to me. What are, what are you saying? And finally, finally this week, he said to me, too often you're watching, but you aren't praying. Too often you're watching. You're watching what is happening around you. You're, you're watching what is taking place in the world around you and in your land. And then you're reacting to what you're seeing. But you're missing the most important thing, praying. You're just reacting. You're being reaction, reactionary instead of proactive. See, I think this, I think the church has reduced prayer to only a defensive tool, just a defensive weapon. That's what we reduced it to. Let me try to explain it this way. We're going through life and everything's really good. Everything's really good, right? Our health is good. Our finances are good. Our marriage is good. Our kids are good. They're good at sports. They're good in school. They're good. Everything's good, man. We're cruising. Life is good. And so we don't, we don't, we don't bother praying for those things. But then the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The, the roaring lion is seeking whom he may devour. He comes and knocks us off our high horse and off the good things and it blindsides us. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now we start praying. See, we're reacting to what we are watching. We're, we're reacting to what we're seeing happening to us. We're just reacting. And not that that's a bad thing, by the way. Let me, let me, let me just say, I wanna make sure you, don't, you understand this. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do that. We should be doing that. You know, the Lord told me years ago, almost a decade ago, he said, in a crisis, tell people to run to Christ. In a crisis, so I say it every time, somebody comes in, they're going through, they're going through hell. Say, in a crisis, run to Christ. We have to run to him. You know why? Because his name is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. See, we lift our eyes into the hills for where our help comes from. It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and, and earth. So it's good when we, when we run into trouble, we go after God, we run to Jesus. 
and that's great. But praying doesn't just have to be a defensive weapon. It should be an offensive weapon. Prayer should be offensive. It should. I can see some of you look at me like I'm crazy and, and, you, don't, and you don't trust me. Let, let me. let me show you. I'm gonna show you the word of God. You ready for this? 41, keep watching and praying so that you do not fall so you do not fall into temptation. Notice Jesus doesn't say, pray if you fall into temptation, pray when you fall into temptation. No, no, no. He says, pray so that you do not fall into temptation. He's speaking future tense, not past tense, not, not reactive, but proactive. See, up to this point in the disciples' life, everything was good, man. Everything was really, really good for them. It was amazing, matter of fact. Everywhere they went, the crowds pushed in on them. They were loved by everybody. Everybody sought after them. I mean, these dudes were, were healing the sick. I mean, they were, I mean, it was wild. They were casting out demons right and left. They had massive crowds come and hawk them and try to get near them. So life was really good, man. They're like, yes, we love this. We're with the man. And so, man, we get to go with him. We're gonna rise right to the top with him. Everything was really, really good. But Jesus knows life's about to get really bad, really quick. Their life is about to get really bad, really quick. He knows, Jesus knows the enemy's gonna take them through the ringer and he's gonna try to ring them out, man. Matter of fact, in Luke chapter 22, he tells Peter directly that, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded, not asked, Satan's demanded to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. Jesus was praying proactively, not reactively. Jesus prays proactively for you. He's interceding for you before it even happens to you. He's praying that your faith may not fail. That's what he tells Peter. Jesus knows the enemy is coming for them. He knows that. And so he tells his disciples right here, you, you don't always have to play defense. You guys can play offense, but yet you're sleeping. <laughs> Get up. Keep watching and keep praying so that you don't fall into temptation. How many sports lovers I have in the house? Anybody love sports? Okay, yeah, sweet, me too. Amen. Bird, birds of the same feather, we flock together. Love sports. So, so you guys realize this, that man, in order to win, you've got to play offense. You have to play, you got to put points on the board at some point. Like it's great to play good D, but man, you got to put points on there if you want to win. Man, if we wanna defeat the enemy, we gotta be playing offense in our lives. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about eternally. Jesus already did all that. That's all done. I'm talking about in our everyday lives. We can be proactive and not just reactive. Prayer is a very effective offensive weapon. Keep watching and praying so that you do not fall into temptation. Don't always be reactive. Be proactive. Avoid temptation. Don't just fall into it and then pray for God to get you out of it. Pray so that you don't fall into it. And he goes on and he says this. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing to do what? Pray. So he's talking about prayer. The spirit is willing to, to pray, but the flesh is weak to do what? pray. It's so weak. Our flesh is, is so stinking weak. 
And, and you know, the scripture says this, that the, that the spirit and the flesh are constantly warring against one another to keep one another from having what each other desires, right? The flesh doesn't want the spirit to have what it desires and the, and the spirit don't want the flesh to have what it desires. And so those two are constantly warring because the flesh and the enemy are cohorts, man. They're, 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 they're scheming against us. And this is why every single time you go to pray, you think of everything else in the world to do. This is why every time you hit your knees, man, you start thinking about a phone call you gotta make, some bill that you gotta pay. You haven't thought about it in six months. Don't even care. It's in collections. Didn't care. But now, all of a sudden, I gotta do it right this minute so I don't forget it. And this is, this is why this happens because the flesh is so stinking weak. Every time we, we go to pray, man, we would, we'd rather do anything else except praying. Maybe I'm the only one. All you, two, you guys are so spiritual in here. I'd rather do anything else at times. I'd rather do laundry. I'd rather, I'd rather clean the bathrooms. I'm telling you, I'd rather clean my bedroom. I'd rather clean my entire house. Every, every room in the house I'd rather clean than pray. It's terrible. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is so weak. But this is what it tells us. This is what it tells us. A great prayer life speaks to the strength of the spirit in your life. Hear me. A great prayer life will speak to the strength of the spirit in your life. A weak prayer life will speak to how strong the flesh is in your life. It's just the way it is. That's exactly what it's telling us. It's exactly what it's saying. And here's why that is a problem. Here's why that's a major problem in our lives. Why this is a major problem. The scripture says this, we have to be led by the spirit and not by the flesh. We have to be. Because the one that loves the flesh, this is what it says, the one that loves the flesh are enemies to God. The one that loves the flesh hates the spirit. Well, see, God is the spirit. So if, man, if we're, we're being led, led by the flesh, there's no way that we could be praying the will of God for our lives and for our community and for our country. There's no way. We'll be praying for our will. We'll be praying for our desires. We'll be praying for what we want and what we think we need. And we'll be praying for those things, but we won't know. We won't be able to prove and test the perfect and pleasing will of God. It'll never happen. Church, we, we gotta be a people, right, who understand how important it is to, to learn how to pray. To ask the Lord, teach us. Lord, teach us how to pray. Out of everything that the disciples learned from Jesus, they asked him to teach them just one thing. Lord, teach us how to pray. Because when this becomes a house of prayer, this place will become a house of miracles. When the people of God learn to pray the way God says to pray. And listen to me, men and women of God, right? We can seek God. The Bible says you receive not because you ask not. We can ask him, Lord, teach us, teach us, teach us, teach us, teach us. Lord, teach us. Searching his heart. He'll reveal his heart to you. He'll draw near to you if you draw near to him. That's the Bible. It's a promise from the word of God. See, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like we are, and he prayed. And the heavens shut up and the, didn't, didn't produce any rain at all for three years. And then he prayed again and the heavens produced rain and the, and the ground yielded its fruit. The prayers of the righteous prevaileth much. See, if we, we want to see major change in our families, we need to learn how to pray. 
If we want to see major change in, change in our, our, our communities, we need to learn how to pray. If we want to see major change in our country, we got to learn to pray and how to pray the way God says to pray. Start being a people who are proactively praying instead of always reactively praying. And I was, I was super convicted by that when God spoke it to me, by the way. Super convicted. I was like, man, Lord, that's a gut shot. Because how often I do this, man, I call a prayer night together because I'm reacting to a situation in the country instead of been praying for our country. My head in the sand, sleeping. Keep watching and praying. And we can be proactive. We can be offensive going after the enemy. Come on, stand to your feet. One person liked it. Amen. No, it's all good. It's all good. Amen. No, but we really do, church. We, 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 we got to learn to pray, man. Got to learn to pray. And I know that sounds real simple, but man, if we understand it, we'll walk in power and authority from heaven. That's what we'll walk like, man. We'll walk, we'll talk that way. We'll believe that way if we learn how to pray. And so look, I, I, I want to do something. Mandy, do you mind if I do this? Okay. So I put her on the spot. <laughs> like, yeah, I mind, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. No, but so I'm, I'm going to ask Mandy to come up here. Where, where's Bob? Bob, come here, buddy. Mandy, if you could come up here, sweetheart. And, and Hunter and Ethan, come on up here. So Mandy's husband, Jim Bob, is is uh, an incredible man of God. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you've been any on Facebook at all, you, you'd see Mandy posting updates for us, um, you know, of what's happening with her husband. And, and, and not only that, but, but he's also a board member. He's an elder of this church. He's an elder. He's a matter of fact, he's the vice president of the board. And so he's my boss. And so we got to get him... <laughs> But man, you, you know, the enemy has really attacked his health and, and um, you know, we're, we're, we're believing God for a miracle. And so I, I didn't know if she would come today or not, and you know, because they're, they're dealing with a lot. And so, man, I commend you for that, Mandy. Um, it's incredible. But what we're going to do is we're going to pray because we're two or three are gathered, right? He's in their midst. Where, where two of you on the earth agree about anything, the Father in heaven will give it to you. We got more than two here today. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But yeah, so, so I'm going to ask you just to lift your hands this way, please. And, and we're going to anoint, anoint their family with oil, the, which signifies, listen, it symbolizes the, the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God. That's, that's what it symbolizes. That's why we do it. Come here, please. I feel like you're supposed to pray. You got your mic? You gonna talk at my want me to sit by you again? Come on.
in the Lord Jesus. We pray that you touch his body. We believe it. Lord, we pray that you would fill his body, Lord, with your healing power. Come on, Lord. Lord, fresh wind right to fill his lungs and heal his breathing. Fresh wind, Lord, to fill his spirit with encouragement, with power and authority to understand that your stripes already took all the pain and yes. suffering that he is facing. Yes, Lord. Lord, that you have more work for him to do Come in this on. earth. Lord, that you have a testimony that has been growing over time that needs to be said across this earth. Lord, we come today knowing that our prayers are powerful. Yes. That they are mighty to pull down strongholds, that they are mighty to, to heal and to save. Lord, so we lift up Jim Bob to you. We lift up his family. Lord, we stand in the gap between yes. the struggles and the pain that have come against him. Lord, we pray that you lose healing, that you lose power and authority, Lord, even now in this place. Lord, that this moment would change the trajectory of even what the doctors thought would come be on. possible. Yes. That from this moment, they would say, what happened? As they even feel the wind of the Spirit come into that place, not yes. just touching Jimba, but all those places, people in the ICU, Lord, that they would feel a shift and a change. Lord, that the treatment that they thought would be the best case, Lord, that they would be shocked at the power and the change yes, that they see. Lord, we know that Jim Bob will walk into this place proudly declaring that you touched him, that you healed him, that you yes. took the impossible and you made it possible. Lord, we pray that you would remove all of our fear, that you would remove all of our disbelief. Lord, that you would you would take away us trying to say things that might be possible. Lord, that, that you would take fear away from us, even in our prayers, that we say, yes, should I God. even be able to say this? Should I even be able to believe this? Lord, for we know even today... I don't think it's untimely that the kids are learning about Lazarus. Lord, how they came, and even when you came to Martha and you said, I'm going to call Lazarus for her, she sort of stopped and said, no, 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 no. It's going to smell. There's going to be things that are messy when this miracle comes to pass. But it said, you said, Lazarus, come forth. Lord, even now, Lord, we pray that you would rise yes. Jim Bob up, that you would say, come forth, Jim Bob. Your rest is done. It's time to heal. It's time to get up. There's more work to be done. Lord, we thank you for the miracle that you have done in his life. We thank you for the encouragement of faith that yes, you will do in this body, for the things that we pray that you forgive us for being dormant in our prayers, for being timid in our prayers. Lord, rise up. Understand the, the weapon that we have is mighty. Lord, yeah. we thank you that you've given us to use. We thank you for the restoration of the faith in this body as we will see this yes, God. come to pass. We say all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. thank you that everything is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for the healing that is going to manifest itself. We thank you, Lord, just like Jairus' daughter, God, where he says, you don't even have to come. Right, the centurion, you don't even have to come. You just say it. I'm a man of authority. I'm a man of authority. You just say the word, and I know that she'll be healed. And so, God, it says that around 1 o'clock, the body began to, to heal. And, Lord, we thank you for that. And we speak the same thing, that they'll say around 10 o'clock, things changed. By the power of your word, God, we thank you that your will is to heal, Father. That by your stripes, we are healed. And we speak that over Jim Bob. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.